Last week we learned that our godliness will be great, greatly influenced by our time spent in the Word of God. In other words, there's a direct correlation between our time in the Word of God and our godliness. Uh, we saw that our spiritual health is directly proportionate to the quality and the quantity of our Bible intake. That we don't just magically move on to greater godliness. We don't magically turn into greater servants of God. It happens when we are encountering the Word of God regularly and thoughtfully. That is, that we're, that we're engaging our minds as we do it. We discussed two ways that we consume the Bible. Number one was reading the Word of God. We spend time reading the Word of God. We talked about not only doing that in a public service, but also as we um, are alone and perhaps in our family as well. And then uh, the second way was by hearing the Word of God. And I said that that was actually more the easiest of, of the spiritual disciplines. Uh, that's actually what Don Whitney said in his book. Uh, that's the easiest one is to hear God's Word. This week we want to consider how memorizing and meditating on God's Word applies the power of the Scripture in our lives. We'll also think about journaling and then pursuing other means of learning so that we can have greater spiritual fruitfulness. Um, so, And as we go, we'll try to give some practical tips as to how we can do them. So let's pray and we'll begin. Our Father, You tell us that we are to train ourselves to be godly because physical training is of, of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. And so we come before You this morning seeking that godliness, and our prayer is that by Your Spirit You will teach us how we should discipline ourselves, that You might change us to be more like Christ. In His name we pray. Amen. Imagine two brothers are walking along their father's property and they find a young tree heavy with fruit. They both eat much of the fruit and they both eat as much as they want. When they start for home, one brother stuffs his, shirts, his shirt and his pants pockets with as, many, as much fruit as he can carry. And the other brother decides that he's just going to dig up the tree and take the whole tree home. And he replants it in his, uh, near his house, in his yard, and the tree flourishes and regularly produces bountiful crop. The second brother now often is able to enjoy that fruit, and the first does not. And so this, this illustrates for us how we are fed by God's Word. Simply hearing the Word of God is important, and we ought to take advantage of that, much like the first brother but it will only produce effect for a short journey um, in the long run. It won't compare to be continually fed by the Word. Through reading and studying, we make the tree ours, and so we can continually enjoy its fruit so that we're not just grabbing, plucking some fruit one day a week. That's important, but, but that we're, we're uh, enjoying its fruit all week long by memorizing and meditating and journaling and learning. And these can help bountifully increase our harvest from the tree. So, 
Let me look at, uh, let's look at four activities today, beginning with memory. I want to begin by acknowledging that memorization is work. It takes time and consistency. To many Christians, Scripture memorization is as fun as falling down the stairs. And, and yes, Scripture memorization will seem mundane if we approach it as a boring task of little value. We make excuses. We say we don't have enough time. And it's true, we, we are busy, our, our lives are busy, but, but doesn't it really boil down to our priorities? What is it that's most important? Maybe another excuse might be, I'm not good at memorization. Well, what if I said that someone would give you $500 for each verse that you memorize? So you come back next week, you recite those verses, you get a $500 for each verse. Okay, Mike, I started to put you on the spot there. Mike was going to pay up for you if you do that. So he wanted you to know that. But <laughs> I mean, how much more would we learn if, if there was a different motivation like that or an increased motivation for something that really speaks to us? Money. So it's not that we don't have time. It's just hard. It's work. And I think a lot of times we just don't see the value in it. Um, so, so the point is, is that we will be motivated if we see the benefits. If we see the benefits of memorizing God's Word, then we will be motivated. So let's think about some of those motivations, some of those benefits. Why memorize God's Word? Turn to Psalm 119, 111. I'm sorry. Psalm 19, Psalm 119:11. Memorizing scripture supplies spiritual power. You ever wonder how you can get out of this endless cycle of sin and sometimes greater sin or at least reduce it? This pull that there is of your soul towards sin? Here's the way. Look at Psalm 119.11. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Memorized Scripture helps us in our time of need. It often makes the difference between falling in temptation and standing in obedience. Paul said that there is no temptation that is given you except that is common, what is common to man. And God is faithful. With each temptation, He will give you a way of escape so that you'll be able to stand up under it. Sometimes the way of escape, that's 1 Corinthians 10.13, sometimes the way of escape God promises will be through memorized Scripture. We are faced with the temptation and then this Scripture that we had memorized comes to our mind. We start to recognize that, you know what, that desire that I have for that temptation is not as great. God, with each temptation, gives you a way of escape. And I think with Scripture memorization, it actually 
causes the pull of sin to be not so strong. That is, we start to recognize what our real desires are when we're when we're memorizing Scripture. And so when that temptation is, is standing there, looking at us in the face, we're looking at it, then the, the memorization of Scripture, you know, I love God's Word. I love what He has. I love His promises more and the joy that comes with that. And so I'm not going to to fall for this. Would someone read Mark 14:72? Raise your hand if you're going to do that one. Paul, thank you. And then uh, everybody else can turn to Proverbs 22. Mark 14:72. We don't typically think of this passage as Peter memorizing Scripture, but but I think the, the implication can be drawn from it that Peter's remembering God's Word to him, God the Son's Word to him. Peter, when before the rooster crows two times, you're going to deny me three times. And he remembered God's Word. Remembering the words of Christ brought Peter to repentance and and caused him to turn back toward God and faithfulness. And God's Word can do the same for us when we struggle with unbelief. And uh, and so it it needs to be a part of of our our lives. Number 2. Memorization strengthens our faith. Look at Proverbs chapter 22 verse 17. Solomon to his son says, "Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise." <clears throat> And apply your mind to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, that they may be ready on your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have taught you today, even you. Learning God's Word, memorizing God's Word, actually increases our trust, strengthens our faith. It repeatedly reinforces the truth of God's Word, and it causes us to grow in our trust for God and to want to trust Him even more. Turn over to chapter 25, verse 11. 25:11. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. And then skip over to chapter 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So, number three... Memorization equips us for witnessing and counseling. You want to know how to do what chapter 25, verse 11 talks about? How to have the perfect word for a situation? You know, when someone's in a time of need or or when they're being a little bit too cocky, you want to know what the right way to counsel them, to teach them, to help them? Like an apple of gold in setting of silver. Silver is the a word spoken at the right time. You want to know how to do that? It comes from you having the Word of God in your mind. That is what theologians often call thinking God's thoughts after Him. You want to have godly words for people to say that are, are full of wisdom? Then you got to understand what God has said. you got to know what God has said. So it helps, helps us in witnessing and, and counseling. The I've been into um, 
many situations where I needed some instruction on a situation and I needed to go to someone you know, that was wiser than I so that I could understand uh, you know, what God desired in the situation. You know, sometimes life, uh, life is really complex. And, and the, the counselors that I love the most are the ones that know the Word of God the best. In fact, those are the ones who seem to help the most. They're not there to, you know, to to uh, to pet your ego or or something like that. Instead, they're they're there to point you to God, and they they take their time and think through the scripture and maybe some illustrations or specific commands that apply to your situation. I'm thankful for for people like that, and and you too can be and should be that kind of person for others. It doesn't have to be in a formal counseling. You know, you set up a on your office door at home or something, you know, a counselor in session or something. But, uh, but, but we ought to be encouraging one another here at the church, and we we kind of go through informal counseling all the time when we're talking to people. So memorization is a great way to equip us. Then number four, memorization is a means of guidance. Psalm 119, verse 24. Psalm 119.24 We can't accomplish any of the tasks in life without God's guidance. Psalm 119.24 Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. So memorization keeps God's Word at our disposal so that it will lighten our dark paths when we are faced with situations that require discernment. It's a means of God guiding us. The, the Word, Psalm 119, I think it's 175, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Number five, memorization stimulates memorization. It would be helpful for us if we carried around a pocket Bible so that when we had a question, we looked it up. But you know what's more helpful than that? carry the Bible in our hearts. And and so this requires that we know God's Word, that we think deeply on God's Word. We'll talk more about this when we get to meditation. I'm sorry. That should be... Uh, yeah. Memorization. That should be meditation. Sorry about that. That was my mistake. Memorization stimulates meditation, which is what we're going to get to. So as we memorize, it causes us to be able to meditate on God's Word. Alright, so those are the um, the motivations. Start to see the value of memorization. So someone doesn't have to offer you $500 in order to, or a sticker like they do in their kids or something. Okay, that's, that's helpful to get the Word in the kids' lives when they're um, you know, at a very formative stage in their lives. But for us, no one's going to give you $500, okay? No offense to Mike, but uh, no one's going to give you $500 to memorize God's Word. So what are the benefits to it? These are they. And start to see those. And as you see those, then it becomes less of a drudgery like falling down, falling down the stairs and more of a pleasure like going to a well when you're thirsty, all right. So, how to do this? Any questions on that or comments? Bill. 
No. <laughs> yeah. Is this recently? Is this recent? I'm joke. I'm messing with you. All right. How to do it? We there. Our hearts are full of competing motivations, and and um, we we want to have our greatest motivation in knowing God and and um, memorizing His Word. So here are some methods as to how we can do it. Number one, decide that you can. Remember some of the excuses that we come up with. I don't have time. In other words, I can't because I don't have enough time. Or I just don't have the ability to. I can't because my mind is not capable of doing it. And I I think it's less that as our excuse, or that should be less our excuse, and it should be more that I don't want to. It's not a question of can. It's more of a question of will. Will I do it? All that we need is an understanding of the power of God's Word, and we should have a desire to know Him better. Don Whitney, in his um, book, Spiritual Disciplines, tells the story of the founder of Navigators, um, Dawson Trotman, just a truck driver, ordinary, blue-collar guy. And after he was converted, he worked to memorize one verse per day as he drove around town. And during his three years, uh, the first three years of his Christian life, he learned 1,000 verses. And so, if if um, you know if we have the motivation, I think the question is not that we can't; it's just that will we do it? Number two, have a plan. Um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to kind of bounce around and pick a bunch of different verses. Maybe that's helpful if you want to develop a list or use the ones that that I usually put out at the beginning of each year. Um, might be helpful just to pick and choose some some various verses, but. Sometimes it's more helpful to memorize a passage like what we've been attempting to do this year with Philippians. Uh, We're trying to memorize Philippians 3 and 4. And we've been doing that since the beginning of the year. So have a plan and and then work to, to, um, to accomplish that plan. Number three, write out the verses. It will be helpful instead of just looking at them to actually write them out. Um causes you to consider what you're saying. Number four, uh, let me just go back there, writing out. I'm not sure if you ever tried this method when you're trying to learn, but I think it's a very helpful method. When I used to study for exams, it would be much more helpful for me to type out all the questions and the answers than just to look at the the study sheet. And uh, I think the same thing is true when it comes to memorization of Scripture. Number four, perhaps draw picture reminders. So for Galatians 5.22, you might want to do the fruit of the Spirit and you could draw you know, some kind of fruit. For Psalm 119, draw a picture of a Bible inside of a heart or something. So these mnemonic devices can really be helpful in, in helping to uh, cause you to think, okay, what's the next part of it? And sometimes we think in pictures better than we think in words. Number five, memorize the whole verse word perfectly. The, wor- the reason that you should shoot for saying it perfectly Memorizing it perfectly is because once you get to the place where you say, well, I just want to get the idea, then that seems to be a, a slippery slope towards not memorizing it at all. Like, well, I got it's Psalm, you know, Psalm 311 or something. 
uh, I got the idea. There's a, there's a helpful resource for you, and I'm going to leave these up here if you're interested. This is uh, an approach to extended memorization. It's a little booklet that was put together by a pastor named Andrew Davis, and uh, he just talks about some very practical ways that, that you can memorize. And I, I read through it this week, and I found it to be very helpful. And um, so be something for you to, to think through. And he talks about doing that um, very carefully and word perfectly. Number six, find a method of accountability. So, you know, whether that be your spouse or someone else here from the church, it would be, it would be a good thing for you to, to have someone else that would be accountable, that, that could encourage you along the way and, and, um, and work with you. Number seven, review. And this is one of the most helpful things in this little booklet that I'm offering here for you. Uh, review. And if you want that electronically too, I can get that for you. Let me know. Um, instead of he says that it's better to review uh, verses like one time a day for a hundred days than to than to review one verse a hundred times in one day. Okay, so if I just wanted to, okay, I'm going to memorize this one verse and I'm just going to repeat it a hundred times. It would be better for us to go over a long period of time. And he has a very, uh, he's got a schedule set up for how he do- goes about doing it. And he works to uh, memorize, memorize actually large portions of Scripture. And um, so I think lots of wisdom in there. Number eight, sing songs. There are lots of songs that have already been made up that will help us to memorize Scripture. I still think of songs when I'm quoting Scripture even today. A lot of the verses that I know are a result of knowing songs. So you could actually make up your own songs as you go. Um, the goal of memorization is not so you can get your name on the list and show how many, you know, I got a thousand done in three years or whatever. It is to know God, to reflect on Him and to see this spiritual fruit in your backyard to be able to enjoy some of that for yourself. All right? Any questions on methods? All right, a lot we could say about memorization, but um, I think we got to... What's our goal here? Think about the goal, not all the excuses that keep us from it. What is the goal? What is it? What's the profit of it? And then start thinking of ways that we can pursue that. All right, next, meditation. Meditation sounds like a New Age idea, doesn't it? But it's actually a biblical idea. Look at verse 97, Psalm 197. Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Biblical meditation is commanded by God and it's also modeled by saints in the Scriptures. Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, you know, to, to think on these things, things that are pure and just and right and so on. These are the types of things that we're supposed to think on. So let's think about meditation. What is it? Meditation is deep thinking on the truths revealed in Scripture for the purpose, the purposes of understanding, applying, praying, and being joyful. So it goes beyond the hearing and studying and trying to understand. It goes beyond that, and it goes to a deeper, more substantial level, and 
and and so we need to meditate. Now, we're not like the New Age idea of meditation where we empty our minds. We're trying to get rid of everything. Meditation in the Scriptures is talking about filling up our minds with the truth of God's Word and thinking on it carefully. And a group of people that were really good at this, we'll talk about here in just a second, were the Puritans. They would take a truth of Scripture and look at it like a diamond. And they would look at it from every different angle and try to, to plumb its depths and try to see how how much truth, how much they could think on this thing. And that's what that's the way God's Word is. It's very deep as we start to think on it more carefully. And um, the Puritans are a great example for us in that way. So, why should we work at meditation? Joshua one eight. This book of the law will not depart from my mouth, but but it will, I will meditate on it day and night. Or he says to them, you will meditate on it day and night, and then you will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. So, success in God's eyes is, is not physical blessings necessarily. It's living by wisdom. That God blesses us in many ways. Uh, and sometimes the way that He blesses us, sometimes the way that He gives us success, is by causing the Word of God to provide for us inexplicable joy in the midst of trials. And it causes us to persevere until the end. So why do it? Because God promises success. Number two, provides stability, perseverance, uh, prosperity, and fruitfulness. Psalm 119.98 reads, Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? Because your testimonies are my meditation. I reflect on your Word. I meditate on it. So why am I wiser than all my teachers? The psalmist says, because I'm reflecting on the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God at church on Sunday is great. But by itself, it can act like a short rain on a on a parched ground, on a hard ground. It may just run off instead of sinking in. But meditation causes it to seep in and and affect the soil, saturating with us with the Word of God. It brings wisdom and insight that will lead to greater godly life. So why do it? Because God promises us success and stability and wisdom. And isn't that what we want in life? We want to know how to live according to God's desires. How do we do this? Well, choose a section of Scripture to meditate. So, this is the last point that was supposed to be memorization stimulates meditation. This is this is this first point. Why not take a section of Scripture that you've already memorized? You can take it wherever you go. You don't have to pull it up on something. You don't have to pull some cards out of your pocket. It's in your mind. So use that to meditate on it. Start thinking about those things. I think that's one of the natural things that happens when you memorize. It just causes you to, to pour over the same text over and over again. And that's what meditation is. It's just a, it's just a constant uh, rethinking and, and um, thinking about it from different facets, facets. Number two, repeat the verse in different ways. So if you know the verse or if you're just looking at one in Scripture... Put the stress on different words to try to see what the, the intention is of the, of the author. 
Um, number three, rewrite your the, the verses in your own words. Okay, so memorize it. When you're memorizing, you want to do it word perfectly. But when you meditate, it's helpful to try to summarize it to make sure that you know it. And if you write this down, it will cause you to... Uh, it will cause you to be more precise in what you think. Sometimes we think we know something, but try writing down what you think you know. It's difficult. So write it down on paper, and then you'll see if you really know it. Uh, some people say that um, the reason that they write books is not so that they can tell what they know. It's so that they can find out what they do know. Because writing causes you to formulate your ideas in a clear way. You can't just throw out, you know, thoughts on paper. Uh, you gotta, you got to communicate in a clear way, and writing helps to do that. So I'd encourage you to do that, number three. Number four, pray through the text. So what is it that you're meditating on? Ask the Spirit to help you, to change you. Number five, don't rush. Meditation takes time. Time. Sometimes God may choose to reveal something to you after you've only thought about it for a short period of time. But but mem- meditation is more about slowing down, reading larger uh, chunks of Scripture may be helpful, but, but, but if that's all we're doing, that's, that's more like the motorboat across the lake, that's okay, just to get an overview of what it looks like. But, but now what we're trying to do with meditation is plumb its depths. Try to find out what's in the lake, and so slow down. Can't just skim across and go. Okay, I think I got it. No, we slow down. Want to see, see how far this is, how, how deep this is, and and what kind of um, treasure there is below us. All right. Number six, silence and solitude um, can be a great help in in meditation. Okay. Remember, we're trying to fill up our minds. We're not, you know, we're not trying to bring in the spirits or open up our minds. We're trying to fill up our minds with the truth of God's Word. And in the midst of distraction and lots of noise, it's difficult to do that. So do it at a, in a place where it's silent and you're alone. Any questions on meditation? Comments? Bill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We were hoping you're crazy. All right. They don't want to talk about God, Trish. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to take that too far. And uh, there's probably some examples where the Puritans did that, but if you watch their method of doing it, 
it's uh, it's very intriguing. Um, they they you know sometimes we are quick to just take a passage and say, well, we think we know it. When they're ready, just to, they're just start, they're just turning the corner and they're ready to look at it from a different angle. And that's when you read some of their writings, they'll be talking on one specific topic, and you're, you're like, okay, we got the point. And they're they're ready to look at it from a different perspective and see it from every angle. And so, yeah, there's definitely the the danger of going too far and and looking into a meaning that's not there. Remember, the main goal is to know what God says, to think God's thoughts after Him, not make up our own. For, you know, and and apply them to ourselves. That's not helpful at all. But but um, so there is a simplicity to much of the scriptures. But remember what Peter said about Paul's words that they're these are hard sayings, and you can't just kind of skim over hard sayings. Take some time to think through them. All right, let's think about this in terms of the Old Testament. Let's think about this in terms of the cross, in terms of the resurrection, in terms of the coming kingdom, and so on. All right, but that's a that's a good point. We don't want to go too far. All right, we need to quickly get through these last two journaling uh as a christian our journal is a personal place to record the works of god and the ways of god in our lives and so this will include an account of his faithful care to us how his word has guided us as well as how he has caused us to grow in holiness through our struggles and so keeping a journal is actually very helpful for our own personal relationship to God because it helps us to look back on the mercies of God in the past. And it's also helpful for... Uh, well, we'll get, to, well, we'll get to it here in just a second. Now, journaling is not commanded in the Bible, but, but there are many examples, I think, of journals. Think about the Psalms of David. These are records of his uh, encounters with God when he was feeling all alone, when he felt like God was far away, he writes it down. It's not like he just brings this to mind. He, I think he's recording these things as he goes. Uh, the book of Lamentations is just a record of Jeremiah's feelings. And how great is it for us to have you know, resources like this from the Scripture to be able to recount God's mercy and how His Word worked in our lives and so on. So why do it? Number one, to help us in self-understanding and evaluation. Remember, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Uh, who can know them? Jeremiah 17:9. Very next verse says, "The Lord knows the, the Lord searches the heart." So, um, you know, who are we? Who, who, what kind of sins do we struggle with? What kind of uh, victories have we seen God provide for us? And so, journaling can can be a means by which God searches our hearts and and helps to um, crystallize some of the things that that are going on in our lives. Number two, it will help us meditate on Scripture. Putting our thoughts down on paper as we read the Bible is a good way to meditate on the Bible. So, you see how these things kind of work together? The way that we plumb the depths of the Scripture is by memorizing, which causes us to meditate, and then writing all that down results in journaling. Now, journaling can be more than just our thoughts on paper about what God is doing or maybe in the margins of your Bible. It can also be how God has answered prayer. Uh, I, w- I would think that in this size room that many of you keep track of the things that you pray for specifically and perhaps can go back at times and see how God had answered various prayers. Number three, helps us to express our thoughts and feelings to the Lord. One of the ways that, that we can express our thoughts is to just write out our prayers. 
I don't know if you've ever tried that exercise, but I've done it before and I found it to be very helpful um, because sometimes the the even spoken or the thought the thought prayers, you know, we're not actually speaking them. They can be um, repetitive at times and sometimes mundane, but writing them down, it's like writing a letter to a loved one, right? You're, you're, you're not going to say the same thing every time in the letter. You're going to talk about what's going on. You're going to be genuine, and you're going you're gonna to express yourself. And that's the way that the Psalms are. They're just expressions of the psalmist's feelings. Number four, help us to remember the Lord's works. Sometimes, well, one of the biggest problems in the Old Testament that we see is that the people of Israel would forget what God had done. They forgot that He brought them out of Egypt. They forgot that He you know, caused the conquest to happen and so on. And God's constantly trying to remind them about that. And here's a great way for us to remind ourselves about His works. We write them down and it helps foster in us joy and, and gratitude. Number five, helps us to create a spiritual heritage. Here's one way that you can speak from the grave. Okay? Not in a mystical way, but but wouldn't it be a great treasure, those of you who come from a Christian heritage, have Christian parents, wouldn't it be great for you to have record of some of the things that they had gone through, be able to read through? Some of you may, may have that. Uh, here's a way that you can provide an opportunity to speak from the grave about God's mercies on future generations, on your children and your grandchildren and so on. Number six, helps articulate our insights. Francis Bacon said, while reading makes a man full and dialogue makes a man ready, Writing makes a man exact. This is what I was talking about earlier. What sounds right in our head often shows itself to be wrong on paper, so it helps articulate what we're thinking. And then finally, it helps us monitor our goals and priorities. So if we wrote in our journal what we wanted to do, and what, we, what kind of spiritual growth we wanted to see, then looking back to it will help us to see if we, if we met that goal. So how do we do this? Very simply... Use a, a notebook or loose-leaf papers. You, you can have those wherever you go, um, and then you can include them all in a binder you know, once a week, and then you just have a great record of, of, these, um, of God's works in your life. Crossway makes a journaling Bible that has the Scripture on one side of the page and then lots of lines for you if you like to write in your margins of your Bible. This is a way that you can just talk about the things that God is teaching you through some of these passages that you're you're thinking about and studying, um, or a computer. Obviously, you can put put these things on the computer. You wanna you wanna evaluate where you are spiritually. Just go back on your Facebook or Twitter posts for the last year and find out what kind of things you were talking about, what kind of things were were pleasurable to you, and so on. And watch God um, grow you in godliness. All right. And then finally, learning. Sometimes we think, you know, we've got enough learning. I I get way too much. I feel a little bit overwhelmed when I come here. But I think with the 
with the amount of ways that we're being attacked by Satan in our flesh and the world and, and the demons and so on, we need an abundance of learning. We need to keep on learning. Packer says that we must turn each truth we learn about God into a matter for meditation before God, which leads us to prayer and praise to God. And so here's some other ways in which we can cause the Word of God to, to take a deeper hold on a, a tighter grip on our hearts. All right? And these are just, we'll just quickly go through these. Number one, sitting under good teaching at church. Number two, there are lots of good good books to read, recordings of sermons, Christian radio. Obviously, be careful with what you listen to there. Internet, same thing. Speaking with spiritually mature, mature Christians, um, discipling relationships, Christian fellowship, and so on. Why do this? Uh, number one, learning is commanded. Uh, we don't have time to look at Proverbs 23, 12. I'll just read it for you. Apply your heart to discipline and your ears to words of knowledge. It's not just, i got to get better academically about the Bible. i got to be better at Bible quizzing. This is talking about taking God's wisdom and being able to skillfully apply it to our lives. And this is the kind of learning that, that we ought to pursue. Learner, learning characterizes the wise person. Proverbs 18.15 or Psalm 1, you can think of how it's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Uh, number three, learning fulfills the great commandment. Remember, it's to love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind and strength. So it's about increasing in knowledge so that we can have a better understanding of God and His ways. It's essential for increased godliness. We need to renew our minds so that we'll be able to prove what is excellent. You want to desire to walk in obedience to God, then then be diligent in learning. And then um, just uh, less a motivation, more a comment. Learning takes discipline. All right. There's some other things uh, I was going to mention about. Uh, just reading books about uh, we live in a society that has got the greatest resources with regard to the Christian life, and um, and so there are just abundance. There is just an abundance of great things that we can that we can be a part of. But just be just keep in mind that you see that last one there. Read but don't steal. Read but don't steal. Meaning, if you're not reading the Bible, don't read books about the Bible. Okay, if you if you have time, not, not if you have time, when you make time to read, read the scriptures. Don't steal from the time that you should be in the scriptures. All right. All right. Last week we talked about hearing God's word, and I have a helpful little resource for you that if you're willing to read through this, then you can have it. Okay. A little short booklet. You could get through it probably in less than an hour, maybe more, depending on your style of reading. It's called Listen Up: a Practical Guide to Listening to Sermons. Just helpful way to think through how we're supposed to listen, and it incorporates a scripture in there to help us understand properly those things. So I'm going to leave both of these up here. You're welcome to grab one.
for yourself as long as you intend to read intend to read them. All right? Any questions or comments? Memorization, meditation, journaling, and learning. All right, let's pray. And we'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you for the great resources that we have as Christians, and we're thankful most of all for the Word of God in our language. And um, thankful for the great uh, people that you have led to write um, to write various books and helps as for us to how we can be better in these things. Lord, we pray that reading Your Word and memorizing and meditating it would never become mundane. Help us to see the great value in doing that. May we be a church that's marked by uh, knowing Your Word and applying it to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.